Hey, it's all about Him, is it not? It's because of Him we have freedom. It's because of Him we have salvation. It's because of Him we have redemption. It's because of Him we're not going to hell. It's because of Him we're going to heaven. It's because of Him our name is in the Lamb's book of life. It's because of Him that we have hope for a future. It's because of Him that we have an inheritance undefiled, unfaded, that's waiting on us. Somebody say amen. Yes, amen. Isn't it good to be saved? I want you to take your Bibles real quickly. Take your Bibles real quickly. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 14. Luke chapter number 14. I've got a message for you. This is not a sermon. This is a message. This is a message. God is, has given me some things directly that I need to tell you and I need to encourage you with. How many of y'all know that we are the servants of the Most High King? We are His servants. We, we belong to Him. He is our Master. Uh, we, we find in Luke chapter number 14 a story that Jesus tells, and he's always telling a, a story to prove a point or to uh, teach a point, simple stories that, that will help us understand a spiritual virtue. And in this particular story, he gives an illustration and, and he gives a story of a man who makes a certain supper. A great supper. This man is, is probably a man notable in the society of that day, somebody that is great in stature, uh, great in nobility, and he sends out invitations. And, and we know, uh, as far as the, 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 the story goes, they were people who said they would come, and then they didn't, and they made excuses, and then he goes out. But here's what I want us to get. In this story, the man is in reference to God, okay? When we hear the man that made the great supper, he is in reference to God. He is a type of our father. If that makes sense, say amen. And the servant, the servant in the story is you and me. You and I, we are the servants. We are the servant of the king. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, knowing that, we can go into the story. Luke 14 and verse number 16. If you found your spot, say Amen. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent a servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, say that word with me, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and I, I just can't come. I told the first service, I said, that's the most honest guy in all of the Bible. Amen? I just can't come. I'm just going to tell you, I can't come. So that he, he didn't even ask to be excused. He just said, I can't come. So the servant came. And showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them. Say that with me. And... Everybody said, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Say that word with me. May be filled. It is God's desire. It is God's wish 
that this house be filled. He wants his house filled. Church, say amen. amen. Father, thank you for your word, your blessings, your goodness, your mercy to us. I pray that you'll please touch my mind. Please let me say everything I'm supposed to say. and Don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to say. Lord, help me to be filled with your spirit, controlled by your spirit, guided by your spirit. Lord, I pray that your, your, your touch will be upon me. I desperately need it in this hour. I need you to help me and give me what I, I stand in need of to deliver the word you want them to hear. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we ask these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Here in the story, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I want to motivate you. I really do. I want to I preach today, and I want to motivate you to go and invite. We have, we have uh, just two weeks, this week and next week before Easter, if I've got that right, I'm pretty sure I, I'm right on that, uh, to, to, to the day that is the greatest day to see somebody who is unchurched, see somebody who doesn't know the Lord, to get them in the house of God. Easter is the greatest day all year long for somebody to come to church for the first time. How many of y'all know the Antichrist goes to church on Easter? Amen? Hey, we've got to take advantage of that. And this whole message is going to be a message of motivation. This whole message is going to be a message of encouragement. And I want to help those that struggle with this. I want to help those who have issues with inviting. I know that everybody is not a social butterfly. Okay, y'all missed it right there. How many of you in here are shy? Come on, when it comes to inviting people to talk about church, witnessing, whatever, raise your hand. Come on, I want to see it. You're like me. I'm raising both my hands. It's a difficult thing to do. Now, there are some people who can talk to anybody. There's some people that go right up to a stranger, hold a conversation. It, it doesn't matter. Griggs is one of them. He can talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere. Matter of fact, he don't even need anybody to talk. Say amen. I love his, his courage. It doesn't bother him a bit. He can talk to somebody at the truck stop, no matter what, about Jesus, about church, about all that. But everybody is not like Griggs. Say amen. All right. Now, there are some folks that's just nervous. There are some folks that are just shy. I'm more the shy type. I'm, my, I'm more of the nervous type. And so I struggle a little bit with that. I wish I was not that way. I wish I was more outgoing. I wish I was just more that way, but it's not. But there are some things that I learned in this particular chapter, in this particular story that really helped me, and it really encouraged me when it comes to this aspect of our responsibility as a Christian. Listen, it is not just the outgoing people that have the responsibility to share the gospel or to witness to others or invite them to Christ. Every saved child of God has a responsibility to tell somebody about who Jesus is. Every saved, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We have a job. We have a calling. We have a commission. We are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, preach the gospel to every creature. Tell home and tell them. Go to work and tell them. Go to school and tell them. Go to the marketplace and tell them. Go to the foreign countries and tell them that Jesus saves. And all God's people say it. Now, with this invite, with this invitation, I was reading this story and, and man, it just come alive. Here we have, here we have a man who made a great supper. And this is, this is really significant. It makes the excuses that they made significant. Because in that day, they didn't just say, hey, I've got something, would you come? And, and you know, you could, have, you could have already plans and that kind of, but that's not the way it worked there. In that day, they would go and find out who would come first. 
they would find out who would come first. And those that agreed to come, they would count that number so they would know how much food to prepare and to know how much to be ready for. If that makes sense, say amen. So that had been done. It, they had already been bidden. It was a past thing. They had already been bidden. Now the, the, the master of the house got everything ready, prepared the meal, prepared the banquet, prepared the festival, everything that was going on, and he sent the servant to go say, all right, let everybody know it's ready. And all those that were bidden that had already previously agreed to come started making excuses. And you see what happened. You see what happened. Now, here's what, here's what I want to look at this story. I don't want to look at the story through the eyes of the master. I don't want to look at the story through the eyes of those being invited. I want to look at the story through the eyes of the servant. That is you and that is me. We are the servants. This is how we uh, uh, could read this story and look how it applies to our life, all right? So number one, if you're taking notes, write this thing, write, write these notes down, just a few notes today. <clears throat> number one, when it comes to inviting, when it comes to witnessing, when it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to whatever word you want to put there, soul winning, uh, just, just invite, just, let's just use the word invite, all right? Let's use the word invite. When it comes to this, there's, there's a few things that we need to get in our heart and really get in our head. Number one, I want you to write this down. I want you to see the invitation that he carries. This invitation is unlike any other invitation. I was reading this story over and over and over and over again because I knew God had something for us in this story. So I kept reading over what stands out, what stands out. And the word that stood out to me at this point was the word great. This man made a great supper. And it dawned on me, do you realize that this invitation was not for some rinky-dink festival? It was not for some penny-ante little thing. It was a big deal. It was a great supper. And how do we apply that today? Do you realize when you invite somebody to the house of God, you're not inviting them to a boring, dead religious service? You're not, you're not inviting them to some religious activity? No, sir. You are inviting them to a big deal. Say amen. He said, use the word come, come, come. The word means to approach near, to come toward. In other words, he's saying, Come, everything is now ready. I went and I looked through the Bible. I went and looked through the Bible to find that word several times, C-O-M-E, come. One of the first times you see it is when, when God is in the ark and he is telling Noah, he's saying, come into the ark. It is time. It is ready. And, and you see, this is a great thing. This, is, this don't even have nothing to do with the message, but it's a cool thought. Do you realize he didn't tell Noah to go in the ark? Because go means going away from. He didn't say go into the ark. He said come into the ark. What does that tell me? God was already in there. Say amen. And he says come into the ark of safety. Come into the ark of security. Because the storms are coming. Listen, the destruction and perishing is coming. Come on into the ark. And you know what that tells me? When you invite somebody to the house of God, you're inviting them to come to safety. You're inviting them to come to security. You're inviting them to come to a place that they will find life and they can pass from death unto life, from darkness unto light, from death unto life. Somebody say amen. I'm not inviting you to a dead church service. I'm not inviting you to a boring speech. I'm inviting you to safety. I'm inviting you to a way to escape a place called hell created for the devil and his angels. I'm inviting you to a big deal. 
So keep that in mind. You're not, you're not inviting them to something that's bad or bored. You're inviting them to safety. And you know what? I found that word again. I found that word again in Isaiah. Isaiah says this, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know what that tells me? You're not inviting them to some dead, boring service. You're inviting them to cleansing. You're inviting them to a place where they can find forgiveness of their sin. You're inviting them to a person who can take their black sin and dip it in red blood and it come out white as snow. You're inviting them to somebody who can take everything they've ever done, every wrong deed, every wrong talk, everything that the devil's trying to haunt them with and destroy them with. He can take their past and give them a future. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I'm talking about this is a big deal. It's bigger than Mickey Mouse. Amen. It's good to have the Boner family back with us all week with Mickey and everybody. Amen. Listen, do you realize when you give out one of these invites, it's a big deal. Let me tell you what our problem is. Most of us, we go into this thing with past remembrances of what it used to be or maybe what you grew up with or maybe the only church experience you know is something boring or something you see on TV. Do you know every time you see church or church people or religious people on TV, Hollywood makes them out to be the biggest goober on the show? And this lost world thinks that church is a boring place. This lost world thinks church is this stuffy place. The lost world thinks that church is just something that you go do to try to make yourself better. And they have no idea that this is a big deal. And you're inviting people to forgiveness. You're inviting people to cleansing. Not only that, I found it again. I found it again. Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, 1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, say amen. We're in good shape. He that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. He said, what is he doing? He's inviting you not only to safety, not only to cleansing, but he's inviting you to fulfillment. Listen, when you give that invite card, you're asking them to come to satisfaction. You're asking them to come to fulfillment. You're asking them to leave what the devil has offered. The devil has offered meth, and the devil has offered crack, and the devil has offered alcohol. The devil has offered illicit affairs. The devil has offered all the things of the world, and it's left them like Solomon, empty and vanity. He said, but oh, come unto me, and I will fulfill the desires of your heart. Say amen. You're inviting them to a big deal. A big deal. My favorite one's the last one. You find the word again in the New Testament. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you... How many discouraged and depressed people do you know? Who could use some rest? How many people do you know who lays in bed at night and their mind runs 100,000 miles an hour and all they can think about is their problems, all they can think about is what's ahead of them, all they can think about is all the issues in their life when Jesus said, just come to me and I will give you rest. 
You know what's one of the greatest parts about being saved and right with God? Peace. Peace. Be careful for nothing. Philippians. Be careful. The word careful means anxiety. It means worry. It means fretting. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry. Be happy. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, every issue, every problem, every listen, anxious thought, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep. The word keep means to stand guard. It means to garrison. It means that God will put soldiers, angels about your mind. I don't know about you, but sometimes the worst problems I have is right in my head. I was, I was in my office studying yesterday. I like to come on Saturdays because usually nobody's in there. And, and, and I, don't, I, can't, I can't study and really because once I get on a thought and I hear a voice, it just messes me up. And I, I, so I come on Saturday when there's nobody here and I'm sitting there, man, and I'm just right in the groove and I hear voices in the hallway. I don't know about y'all notice, but church is a spooky place when y'all ain't all here. And so I get up. Nobody's telling me they was going to be there today. I didn't know who it was in the hallway. And I walk out, and Doyle and Lisa's out there. I said, I heard voices. They said, we've got a man we can call in St. Petersburg for you right there. That's why Doyle is no longer employed by Temple Baptist Church. Amen. Peace. I mean, I mean, I mean real peace. And peace doesn't mean the end of conflict. The peace of God. You can still be in the storm and be at perfect peace. So, so see, when, 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 you're, when you're out there and, and you're inviting that person to come, understand you're not inviting them to a church service. It's so much more than that. You're inviting them to safety. You're inviting them to cleansing. You're inviting them to forgiveness. You're inviting them to fulfillment. Satisfaction. More than anything, you're inviting them to rest in the peace of God. And all God's people say it. You see, this invite that you are carrying, this invite to Jesus, it's grand in nature. The Bible says it was a great supper. It's a big deal. Will y'all, will y'all agree with me today that this is a big deal? It's not only grand in nature. There's something I saw in this. It's time sensitive. Say it with me. It's. I, I read. When, I, when I'm trying to study to, to teach y'all something, I, I, I read something over and over and over and over again. And I try to highlight the things that stand out to me. In other words, maybe it's a word or, or a phrase or whatever it may be. And, and, and when I was reading this, something stood out. Actually, it was two verses that stood out, two particular words in these verses. One of them was this. He said, he said uh, when, when, when everything was prepared and everything was ready, he told the servant, he said, now go. He said, go tell them everything now. Say that word with me. Now. Say it again. Now is everything ready. In other words, in other words, hey, it's time to eat. 
everything's cooked, everything's prepared, everything's on the table, we can't mess around. And then, and then if you keep reading, after the excuses were made and the servant came back, this was the response of the master to the servant. He said, all right, don't worry about them ones that made excuses. He said, go out, what's the next word? Quickly. Say it with me. Go out quickly. In other words, there was an urgency here. Go out quick. And I thought, what in the world? What's that? About? And then it dawned on me. There was no Tupperware in that day. There was no frigid airs in that day. They couldn't just throw it in the refrigerator and save it till the next. No, no, no. It had to be eaten. It had to. Hey, we were running out of time. The food's going to go bad if we don't hurry. So there was an urgency here. And this is what God was trying to tell me. Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, this invitation that we are giving out, it is very time sensitive because Jesus could come back at any moment. Jesus could come back at any day. Do you realize that man is not promised tomorrow? This person you've been procrastinating to invite, this person that you've been putting off inviting and coming, hey, they could die in a car accident today. They could die of a heart attack tomorrow. Nobody has promised tomorrow. Our life is as a vapor. It's here for a little while and it's gone tomorrow. This is very time sensitive. Go out quickly. He said, now, now everything is ready. Now is the time. Now go get them. Now tell them it's ready. Jesus said this, today is a day of salvation right now. You can't put it off anymore. If you're here today and you're in this house and you've been, you've been thinking about contemplating trusting Christ and getting saved, today is your day. This invitation is very time sensitive. Then number two, <clears throat> number two. I want you to see not only the invitation that he carries. It's a big deal. Can everybody see that? It's a big deal. This is not just something. This is a big deal. Number two. Number two. I want you to see the indifference that he encounters. The Bible says with one consent. In other words, they was all in the same frame of mind. Everybody was making excuses. One excuse after the other. One excuse after the other. One excuse after the other. The word indifferent means a lack of interest, a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of concern for something. How many of y'all have, have witnessed to someone and they just wasn't interested? Raise your hand. How many of you have invited somebody to church and they just, they just wasn't interested? Guess what? There's, there's something I want to tell you today. Anytime, anytime you do your part as a Christian, Anytime you go out and invite, anytime you share the gospel, anytime you witness, no matter what it is, you're always going to run into people with excuses. So here's what we got to do. We've got to expect it. We've got to expect it. All right? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now here's the message. That's a truth. That's a truth, and that's a thought. That's, I can take the Bible. I can take the Bible. Isn't it amazing you go through the Bible and you can find all kinds of truths in there? Right? That's the truth. That in no doubt about it, you're going to run into people with excuses. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good a preacher you are, teacher you are, Christian you are, whatever it is, you're going to run into people. Now, there's truth to that, but that's not the message that God told me to tell you. When I was studying this point, and I was going over that and over that and over that and over that, and God just said, think about this. What is, what is one of the number one hindrances or number one obstacles to people who witness i ask people all the time what is your biggest issue with sharing your faith 
What is the biggest issue with sharing your faith? Sometimes, sometimes they will say, you know, I, I just don't know if I say the right thing. I, I, I don't want to be witnessing or sharing my faith and then tell somebody the wrong thing. Now, now I, I get that, but understand this. Even if you're witnessing and you're sharing your faith, it's not you doing the saving, it's him. And you don't have to have all the answers. The greatest day in my pastoral life was the day I realized I didn't have to know all the answers to every question that's asked me. When I was very young in the pastorate, I'd try to answer him even if I didn't know him. And it made me look like a bigger idiot than I already was. If you don't know the answer, just say, man, that's a great question. I'll get back with you on that. You don't have to know every answer. You just got to know where to find them. Are y'all with me? So don't let that hinder you. They may ask you a question, some crazy question you don't know. That's fine. Say, Man, that's a good question. I'll come back. But that's not the point. Here's the point. That's usually one of the excuses or one of the reasons that we don't, well, I just don't know what to say or whatever. But, 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 but here's probably number one. <clears throat> here's probably number one. May not be number one, but I think it's number one. If it's not number one, it's right here at the top. It's fear of what? rejection I don't want to witness because I'm afraid of rejection and it immediately that popped in my head I said this poor servant man it right and left they're rejecting him and this is what this is the message guys I'm telling you there was ever a time I gave you a message in other words this came straight from God from me to you God is wanting you to know this hey they're not rejecting you it was not the servant they were rejecting. It was the master who sent him. And this is, this is the message God told me to take. As a matter of fact, I'm going I'm to read it just like I wrote it down when he told me. Watch this. Watch this. This is what God said. When you run into indifference, when you run into excuses, when you run into people who don't show enthusiasm or care for what you're offering, this is exactly what he said. Don't take it personal. They are not rejecting the servant. They are rejecting the master who sent him. How many times, how many times when we try to invite or we try to offer, we try to share and, and, and they turn us down or they, they say something to me, it hurts our feelings. Because we have this idea that they're rejecting me. They're rejecting my offer. But it's not. I went back, I went back and I was studying, I was studying when, when the children of Israel were crying out for a king. Samuel was the prophet. God was their king. God was their king. They already had a king. Why would you want to earth the king when you have a great heavenly king? And they, were, they wanted what the neighbors had. Be careful letting your people hang out with the neighbor's people because then they'll want what the neighbors got. Even if what the neighbors got is not a good thing to have. They wanted a king like everybody else, every other kingdom. And man, it made Samuel mad. He was frustrated. And this is what God told Samuel. Samuel, don't, don't sweat it. They're not rejecting you. They are rejecting me. Now, here's the thing. If someone gives you a, a rejection or an excuse or someone doesn't want what you have to offer, understand this. It's not you they're rejecting. Don't take it personal. They're rejecting the master who sent you. Now, let me tell you something. We're living in a day. It, 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 it's one thing. It's one thing to be polite and say, no, thank you. I don't want, I don't want, what you, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Or I, don't, I, don't, I just, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not interested. No, we've gone way beyond that in the, in the day we're living in. Have y'all seen the debates lately? Do you see what our society has come to? You see what, what we want to do? It, it's not enough to just say, I disagree with you. We want to get angry and fight about it. Now, I'm warning you, God is sending us out into a culture that is not just anti-God. They are anti-God and angry. But you know what Jesus said? Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. And all God's people say it. Say, what do I do then? Do what the servant did. When When they said we can't come or we're not coming, he didn't say, oh, come on. He didn't go home and suck his thumb. He didn't cry about it. He didn't whine about it. Guess what he did? All he did was go tell the master. If somebody turns you down, don't take it personal. Just go tell the master. And all God's people say it. Number three, and I'm done. But this is the most important part, so keep, keep your ears open. <clears throat> what was number one? What was number one? We see the... Come on, everybody, say it loud. How many of y'all can see that's a big deal? All right. The invitation he carried. Then number two, the... The indifference he counted. How many of y'all know sooner or later you're going to run into somebody with excuses? Okay. Now, third thing. I want you to see the instructions. The instructions he receives. When he comes back and tells the master about all the excuses, about all the issues, about all the problems, he gets some different instructions. The master says, okay. Okay. Go out into the streets and the lanes of the city. Go out and find. Watch what he said. This is really cool. It's really cool. He says this. Go find the poor. Go find the halt. Go find the maimed. Go find the blind. And I thought about them, that particular group of people. And I said, well, maybe that's just the street people. But I think it's a little more than that. Because, because the first one said, said, I bought land and I got to go look at it. Who can't buy land? Poor people. One said, I, I, got some, I, got some, I got some oxen and I need to work them. I need to plow them and work them to see if they, uh, uh, who, can't, who can't plow with oxen, halt and, and, and cripple people? And in that day, blind people didn't get married. So what is he saying? Go to ones who don't have an excuse. Now watch, this is going to be important. It's going to be big. Do you know who most people go after when it comes to invites? They usually go after people that's just like them. Now think about it. This, this, this banquet, this great dinner was sent out to people who were probably like him. It was probably people that could afford stuff. It was people that were probably wealthy if they're buying land. It was people that was just like them. Do you know what the problem is with most churches today? We're looking for people just like us. And we find that most people that have stuff don't need God. But when you don't have anything, you desperately need God. And he said, go find the hungry. Go find the helpless. Go find the needy. Go find, watch this, go find the high-maintenance people. 
You say, why? Because they ain't going to say no. What, what poor person have you ever seen in your life that ever turned down free food? If, <laughs> I'm sorry. I grew up in church. I grew up with dinner on the ground. Listen, when we had dinner on the ground at church and it got abroad that we had dinner on the ground, we had people show up we ain't seen in years. Say amen. And I'll tell you this, I've never turned down a free meal in my life. Say amen. You know what he's saying? Go after people that nobody else wants. Go out to the outcast. Go out to the down and out. Go out to the lowly. Go out to people that nobody else would invite. Get those. Look for people who won't make excuses, who want to come. Uh, you know what? God showed me something with this. And I'm almost done. I'm sorry. I'm just sharing the stuff that God was showing me last night. He said in the phrase to the first one, he says, come. He says, come for everything is ready. He said, come. And, 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 and they basically said, no, 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 made excuses, no, no. But then watch the terminology. Watch the terminology he uses the second time to the second group of people, the people in the streets and lanes of the city. He said, go out and bring them in. Did you notice the difference? He said, ask them in the first one, bring them in the second one. You say, why did he say that? Because he knew they wouldn't say no. Y'all not getting it. Do you see the target? Do you see who we need to be after? Now watch. There's three things. Write these three things quickly down, and, and then we're going to pray. All right? Three things he says. And I want you to, if you can write in your Bible, if you write in your Bible, if you take notes, I, I write in mine, I highlight in mine so I can see and remember stuff. And see what I did right here? I, I, I wrote, and, and I put parentheses around certain words. Look at, look at verse 21. Look at verse 21. It says, so that servant came and showed the Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, what's those two words? Say it again. All right, underline them, them words in your Bible. I put parentheses around it because it stands out. What was his new instructions? Go out. Go out. In other words, we can't wait for them to come here. We can't put a sign up on the road that said, Hey, we're Temple Baptist Church. Here we are. Come and get it. It don't work that way. How many of y'all uh, 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 likes Westerns? You watch Westerns. Uh, come on, people. Have you, ever seen, have you ever seen the Western where there's this metal triangle hanging on the porch? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know. He goes in there with that little metal stick like that. He goes, what? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? What is that saying? What is that saying? Come and get it! And they come in running from everywhere. You know, there was a day. There was a day that you could put up a cross on top of a building and stand out and proclaim the gospel and say, come and get it. And they would come from everywhere because there was nothing else to do. There was nothing but work and sleep, work and sleep. And they would, they would crave to hear the gospel. They would come to hear the gospel. It was the days of the great awakenings and the great revival. But we are living in a Laodicean church age and we can't just sit back and open the doors and set the choir sing saying, come and get it. God says, don't say come and get it. He says, go out and get it. Church, say amen. So, what's those two words? Come on, everybody. Go out. Go out. 
Then watch these next two words. I underline these next two words, and, 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 and I put parentheses around them. Not only go out, but he said quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and what's the next two words? All right, underline them. Underline them. He says, go out. Say that with me. He says, and Now watch, watch. It goes on. I got more. Watch this. And the servant said unto the Lord, It is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be Okay, here's what he says. Go out, bring in, fill up. Say it with me. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Go out, bring in, fill up. Our responsibility is to go out there, bring them in, fill it up. I know what you're saying. Well, the people I've asked said no. Find new people. You know what dawned on me? There's three different there was only three people that he asked in this story. Probably more, you know, I'm just taking for face value. Three people. But for those three people, he filled it up with people that wanted it. So what is the, what is the point of that? For every one person that tells you no, there are ten people that's dying to have what you have in this building. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I, when, we have, when we have foundations class down in the, in the lower building at 3 o'clock, some of, some of our workers are in here, they've been in there when, when we have, we introduce ourselves. And I ask them, I ask them, what, to say, ask, say your name, state your name, how you heard about Temple, and how long you've been coming. And I love these. This is one of my favorite parts of foundations class. And I get, to hear, I get to hear how people heard about Temple. Most of the time, somebody invited them. Somebody brought them. Uh, probably 80% of the time, they came because of an invite from a friend or family member. But the point that I'm, I'm making is this. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people testify, I've been looking for this place all my life. I never knew this place was here. I never knew that this kind of excitement this kind of help, this kind of encouragement. I never knew this was here. I wish we was here a long time ago. What's the point? There are tons of people outside of these walls that wish to God they had what was inside of these walls, but they've never been... They've never been... My father's one of the greatest illustrations. I've, I've told you this a hundred times. My uncle invited them to church and, and, you know, constantly over and over and over. And, and, and he finally accepted. They went. He got saved. She got saved. My mom got saved. They all got saved. And, 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 and my dad's answer to the question, why did you get saved? What, what was it? He said, I wanted what them people had. But I was going to the bar to find it. I was going to the club to find it. 
I, watch this. Watch this. Everybody pay attention. I'm almost done. Don't, don't lose me now. Stay with me. I was going to the only thing I knew to try to find it until the day I walked through that church door. And I saw people with joy. I saw people with happiness. I saw people with peace. And I finally found what I've been. There's somebody out there looking. There's somebody out there looking. And they're just waiting on you. What are they waiting on? They're waiting on you to say, we have what you've been looking for. And all God's people say it. One more thing. We got time. One more thing. We're early, people. You know, watch. If all else fails, first we see that the servant ignored the excuses, right? Went right on past them. It didn't stop them. Went right on past the excuse makers and went to people who didn't have excuses. Went to people who wanted what they had to offer. Y'all with me? Say amen. And then when there was more room, he said, yet there is room. Watch this. The master wasn't satisfied. The master wasn't satisfied. He said, that's not enough. He said, I want you to go. What's the next word? It starts with a C. He said, say it with me. Say it again. Compel. When all else fails. When you've passed the excuse makers, when you've got the easy pickings, go after them and compel them. The word compel means to constrain. It means to exert force. It mean, Basically, let me just put it this way. It means don't take no for an answer. It means don't quit too soon. What if my Uncle Jay had quit inviting my father after the multitude of times he invited him? He kept on and he urged him. He knew that what he was offering was a big deal. He knew that he needed what he had to offer. He knew that what he had to offer was a great thing. Salvation was wonderful. I'm telling you, you need to go to church with me. Compel them. My father, you know he's redneck and everything. He said that means to hog time and drag them in. So whatever works, we're passing out ropes after the service. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Be honest, and we're, we're going to pray. I know we've closed like four times already, but when's the last time? When's the last time you compelled somebody to come be with you in the house of God? When's the last time you were so excited that you just wouldn't take no for an answer. I, I hate that all my excuses have something to do with food while I'm on a diet. Amen. I remember the first time I ever went to a place called Carabas. Anybody been there? Raise your hand if you've been to Carabas. Raise your hand if you dream about it on a nightly basis. Amen. Chris and Kathy O'Neill took me to Carabas my very first time. Never been there before in my life. They tell me about it, tell me about it, and I didn't, yeah, whatever, you know. Finally got to go with them. And they said, we're going to order for you. I said, good, because I ain't never been here. And they ordered a sirloin marsalis. 
with gravy dripping off the sides. Mushroom. Oh, are y'all with me? I'm getting spiritual now right here. And I took that knife and I cut it down into that sirloin and it was perfect. Medium rare. I'm talking about, I put that in my mouth and heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And you know what I did after that? I said, man, have you ever been to Caravas? You ain't never been to Caravas? Man, you got to come to Caravas. It is unbelievable. Amen. You have got to try this thing. I'm telling you, it, as you put it on top of your head, your tongue will beat your brains out. You got to have a football helmet to eat it. <laughs> I was excited, man. You got to try this stuff. When's the last time we've been that excited? about bringing somebody to the house of God that his house might be guess what I'd cut you some slack if this is a boring church I'd cut you some slack if all we heard was sermons y'all remember what a sermon was don't you boring speech we don't preach sermons. We preach messages. Amen. Boy, that changed my life day. I read that in Webster's Dictionary. Amen. I would give you some slack because I've been to boring church. I've been to church and I thought, dear God, would that man ever shut up? I mean, I'm, Lord, bless, help us. Help him, Lord. I, I know y'all have done that to me. I get it. I know. I've, I know. I I, I Amen. But you know, this place is not like any other place. There's some great churches in our town. There's some great churches in our country, but I'm telling you, this is one of them. And if it was just boy, I get that. But you need to be excited enough to compel them. Will you will you be obedient to the message that God has delivered today? And join me for the next two weeks and let's compel them to come into this house that his house be full. And let me say this. I ain't talking about church people. Somebody told me, man, I tell you, we got so-and-so and so-and-so. from. Uh, I've invited them to come. They're from so-and-so church. And I'm like, no, don't do that. We're after unchurched people. We're after people who don't know Jesus. Figuratively speaking, we're after the halt, the blind, the poor, the maimed. We're after the lost. Why? We want them to see we're offering a big deal. A big deal. And all God's people say it.